Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Yes, there is a battle going on, but you are in good hands. You're in good hands. You're on the winning side. And God loves you so much that he's going to take care of you. He's going to protect you. And even if that means sending an angel to guard you, then he's going to do that. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You're on the winning team. So my prayer for all of us is, Lord, open our eyes. The thought of the spiritual realm can be completely overwhelming. Angels, demons, evil versus good, battles and spiritual warfare. It's all just a little too much to take in sometimes. But the good news is that you don't have to understand it all. Today, Pastor James reminds us that we only need to know that God loves us and will protect us. He's going to do whatever it takes to protect his children from the attacks of the enemy. We don't fight alone. He's with us and he already has won. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Daniel chapter 10 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. There is a cloud of witnesses. There's all that stuff. We even know... Are there guardian angels? The Bible even speaks of that. They're a guard, you have a guardian angel who watches over you. That's amazing. That's cool. And he's, whoever that person is, whatever that angel is, is like, I can't believe how good God is. You know, and that's, that's it. And you're like, I know, I know. I'm, I'm glad I can, you know, model that for you, um, how the richness of his graces. But uh, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. He's amazing. But here's Gabriel is now set free. Michael is left to handle that. But here's another little insight that we get into the spiritual realm. Verse 14, he, he goes on to say, now I'm here, I've arrived, to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. So what's going to happen, Daniel? Let me bring you some clarity concerning this. Um, one little side note concerning this, uh, you know, powers in the air, we'll call them, uh, Pray for your leaders that they do the will of God and not fulfill the plans of Satan, okay? Do you understand the attacks that your leaders can be under? And I'm not even talking like pastoral. I'm talking about like even your city leaders and your state leaders and your pray for leaders. Why? Because, well, because there's, just like there's a prince of the, you know, spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia, Well, guess what? There's a spirit prince of of Houston as well. And we want leaders to be elected in in these positions who will fulfill the will of God. That's why you pray for your leaders, okay? So pray for these guys. Then other ones, well, man, may may their rule and reign be short. (laughs) Because, yeah, sometimes these leaders get elected into position, you're like... Yes. Is this the will of God or is this the plan of Satan? I don't know sometimes. I think I'm just going to keep praying. Anyways, so he gives, the angel gives him that little glimpse into there and he's going to speak to this prophecy. But I, I do want to, I don't want to go too far without mentioning this story from 2 Kings. You can turn there if you want. It's 2 Kings chapter 6. This is Elisha, not Elijah, okay? 
I know it can be confusing because Elisha came after Elijah. What's fascinating about that is, um, what's it, Elijah had like eight miracles that were recorded. And then when he was about to be taken up in the chariot of fire and all that good stuff, Elijah wouldn't leave him alone. He just kept following him. And Elijah's like, dude, what? And he's like, I, he's like, I want a double portion. Like, give me a double portion of your, of your blessing. Um, so he got his mantle. So like the baton was passed to Elisha. And what's fascinating is that I think Elisha had 16 miracles recorded. So he literally got a double portion from what Elijah had, which is kind of cool. He also got this really cool story found in 2 Kings chapter 6, where the enemies were coming against, well, they're really trying to find Elisha because he keeps messing up their plans because he's a prophet of God. And uh, so the rulers are getting really frustrated and they're like, find that guy and we're going to go to his house and we're going to kill him, right? Basically, it's kind of what their plan is. So this one day, if you look at verse 15, if you are in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 says, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. So this young servant guy who's with him walks outside and he's like, oh no, because there's nothing but an army surrounding them. And, they, and he knows these guys are, they're not here for, they're not here for prayer. I think they're here to kill us. Uh, and so he goes back in and he tells Elisha, he's like, well, what are we going to do? Verse 16, Elisha tells this young man, don't be afraid. Oh, there's another one. Do not be afraid. Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Beautiful prayer, simple prayer. Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire, meaning God's army. So man's army was surrounding them. But when, he, when his eyes were opened up to the spiritual realm, what he saw was God's army was surrounding man's army. And he's like, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> like, no worries. No worries at all. It says, verse 18, as the um, Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, please make them blind. So, O oh Lord, open up his eyes, let him see. Now he's praying for the enemy. Lord, please blind them. So the Lord struck them with blindness, as Elijah had asked. Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, you come the wrong way. You got the wrong house. You, you got the wrong house. <laughs> this is an amazing story. You got the wrong house. And they're like, oh, okay, let's go. We can't see. Like, all of a sudden, we're all just blind. He's like, oh, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, you're looking for the other guy. He's, he's over here. And Elijah tells him, I will take you to the man you're looking for. Follow me. I'll show you where he's at. And he led them to the city of Samaria. This is so funny and so comical to me that here's Elisha. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. No, I'm not Elisha. I'm Elijah. Yeah, it happens all the time. Happens all the time. No, yeah, let me show you where that guy is at. Verse 20 says, as soon as they had entered in Samaria, Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered that they were in the middle of Samaria. And they're like, what? How did we get? And it says, when the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, my father, 
Should I kill them? Should I kill them? He asks twice. And Elisha replies, of course not. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made a great feast for them and sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel because their leader was already frustrated because Elijah kept messing up their plans. And he's like, all right, send the army. Go get that guy. Elisha's servant, his, his right-hand man, is like freaking out because all he can see is what's in front of him. And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand the big picture. Lord, open his eyes. And he goes back out, and then he sees this whole other realm. It's a spiritual realm. We need to realize this as believers because we get so discouraged by what we can see and only what we can see that we miss the things that are happening all around us. Not that we have to be, always be aware of you know, what's happening in this like, spiritual realm and all that good stuff. What we just need to know is that, yes, there is a battle going on, but you are in good hands. You're in good hands. You're on the winning side. And God loves you so much that he's going to take care of you. He's going to protect you. And even if that means sending an angel to guard you, then he's going to do that. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You're on the winning team. And so my prayer for all of us is, Lord, open our eyes. Open our eyes that we may see. That we may see. What? An angel's army? No. That he is good. That he is good. Lord, that you are good. That you are good. So that's what... Daniel gets this little insight into this whole spiritual realm thing. And just to close out this chapter here, it says, verse 5, 15, while he was speaking to me, I looked down on the ground, unable to say a word. Then the one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing in front of me, I am filled with anguish because of the vision I have seen. My Lord, and I am very weak. How can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. He's like, look, dude. He's like, I'm just like, I just can't. I don't have words. Have you ever been there? And you're carrying so much grief that even when you come into the presence of the Lord, you can go boldly into his throne room. You have that access to that every single day of your life. But there's times where you go into there, maybe you're just crawling because you're just, it's just so heavy and you're just like, I don't have words. Well, you're in good company because Daniel was like that. Daniel was like, what, am I, what do you want me to say? My heart is being crushed right now. My heart is being broken. My heart goes out for my people. My heart goes out for God's people. I don't have words. I can barely breathe. I can barely breathe. I love that. That's why Daniel's one of my favorite characters. It's not because he survived a night in a lion's den, although that's really cool, but that's no miracle attributed to him. That was because Jesus was in there with him. What I love about Daniel is real moments like this where he's like, dude, I can't even breathe. I, I can't even breathe. I love that. An angel from God shows up, and Daniel doesn't play the game. He doesn't play the church game where he's like, no, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. 
It's good. It's good. It's totally good. Totally fine. Praise the Lord. PTL, man. Praise the Lord. Everything's good. And I'm just going to fake it because my life is horrible right now and it's in shambles. I got so much weighing on me that I can barely breathe, but I'll put on a smile and I'll say, hey, praise God. Everything's going to be all right. When you're dying inside, Daniel's like, no, not me. No, look, dude, I appreciate that you're an angel from God, but I got no words. I'm having a hard time breathing right now. Like it's that heavy for me. And the angel wasn't like, whoa, hey, whoa, okay, drama. I'm going to get out of here. Like, you know, I don't need this in my life. Uh, it wasn't, no, not at all. He met Daniel where he was at because he had a word for Daniel from God. You can be real. You can be real in the house of God, amongst other believers. Be who you are. Just be who you are. And if you're going through a difficult time, not that you got to like air your business. That's, that would be something I would caution you against of like always airing your business out to everybody because you might lose friends that way. Um, like, because some people might be like, listen, I got my own stuff. But that's never a reason for us to be fake or phony within the house of God. We'd be crazy to assume that every time we all walk into this room, we're all good. We're all fantastic. Yeah, you're a believer. Cool. But your life isn't always awesome, is it? No, it's not. No, it's not. In the grand scheme of things, is it? Yes. Yes, you'll be okay. But right now, listen, there's been plenty of times where I've walked through these doors where I'm like, I think I'm just going to turn around and walk back out. Like, I don't want to be here. It's too heavy. I got nothing to say. I don't want I, I don't. And the Lord like knows, and he knows how to minister to us within those moments. And that's just how it is. And then sometimes somebody will show up in your life around that day and they'll be like, okay, but no, like, how are you really doing? And that's, listen, that's your, that's your opportunity with somebody who probably is safe because most unsafe people won't ask you that question. Okay? Be cautious with who you share with as well. But when, they're, when you have that one person who shows up in your life and is like, okay, so now that you've lied to me, how are you really doing? And how can I pray for you? Let them know how they can pray for you. Let them know how you can pray. Because, look, you might scare other believers away with your stuff, but you'll never scare the Lord away with your stuff. You just won't, okay? So I see moments like that within you know, Bible characters, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for including the realness into the scriptures, because that helps me out, because there's days where my life is just like a train wreck, just a total train wreck, and I'm like, I read through so many stories, I'm like, I'll never be like them, and then I see this story, and I'm like, well, I guess I kind of am like that, <laughs> so uh, I don't think I would have survived a night with lions, but hey, I, I, know what it, I know what this feels like. I know exactly what this feels like. Verse 18, it says, the one who looked like a man touched me again, and I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he says. For you are very precious to God. We heard that. Yeah, sometimes you need to be reminded of that. And I love this next admonition here. Peace. Be encouraged. Be strong. Yes, there are moments where we feel weak. There are moments where it's like, I can't breathe. And we need a messenger from God. Maybe it's an angel. Maybe it's another follower of Jesus Christ who can show up in our lives and say, hey, hey, be encouraged. I know you don't feel great right now. 
I know you're going through it, but I also know I have to tell you, be strong, be encouraged. Why? Because God loves you. Because he loves you. Be encouraged. Be strong. Have peace. Have peace. You are connected to the Prince of Peace. Have peace. It says, as he spoke these words to me, I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. A rightly spoken word at the right moment, man, that's just, that's like medicine for the soul. That's exactly what we need sometimes, okay? You can be in your funk, you can be in your, the, the dark storm cloud kind of moments and all that stuff, but there's got to be a time where you hear the word of the Lord and you are strengthened and you come out of that, okay? Because no believer should live here. We visit these valleys, but we do not live in these valleys, okay? No excuses. And if you set up camp in these valleys, you need to repent to God because you're wrong and you need to come out of these valleys, okay? Because he's never intended for us to live in the valley of the shadow of death. He only means for us to pass through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes, I don't know what it is, but we like to set up camp there. And God's like, no, no. You lay beside the still waters, not in the valleys. And a word spoken at the right time is, is one of those things that can help us to get out of there, to get out of there. And that's where Daniel, he needed to be strengthened. Why do you need to be strengthened? Because the next two chapters are all this one prophecy that is a lot of info. And, this, and Gabriel's like, dude, okay, I, I know you're processing a lot of stuff right now, but I need you to be strong because I got a word from God. And you need to be able to handle this. So you got to be strong. And he, it was the touch, and it was the word that reinvigorated Daniel. And he's like, all right, bring it on. Bring it on, <laughs> right? That was his attitude. It's, it shifted. This angel replies, uh, verse 20, do you know why I've come? Soon I must return to fight against the, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Wait, what? You're going to go back and fight that guy? Yes. Why? Because another one's coming. Because another one's coming, Daniel. You remember the prophecies. He says, and after that, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. Well, so the Persians, the Medes and the Persians, those are the guys who took over Babylon. So there is that angel thing, demon angel that's overseeing that. But there's, so now Persia is taken, will be taken over. And so that, or um, not Persia, but Greece, Greece will be taken over. And so that, with that comes a whole new one? Yeah. So does that mean that they like, there's ones over certain groups? And yeah, probably. Probably. Which means that we just, we just keep praying. It's not your battle to fight. I mean, there is a spiritual war. We're gonna, we'll see that in one second. But we just trust the Lord. But he said, he lets him know, kingdom of Greece, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Greece will come. Meanwhile, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one helps me against these spirit princes except for Michael, your spirit prince. It says, I've been standing beside Michael to support and strengthen him uh, since the first year of the reign of Darius the Mede. So apparently they've been battling with the spirit prince of the Medes and the Persians for the entire time that they've taken up occupancy in Babylon. There are these spiritual realms. And I'm going to read to you from Ephesians just real quick, then I'm going to pray and we're done. But this is what Paul wrote inspired by the Holy Spirit to the church of Ephesus. Verse 10 of chapter 6, it says, final, a final word, be strong in the Lord 
Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Christians, your fight, know your fight. It's not against flesh and blood enemies. Does the enemy use flesh and blood to fight against you? (laughs) Yes, but know the source. Know the source, right? You don't kill a snake by chopping off the tail. You kill a snake by chopping off the head. You go for the most problematic part. What we need to understand as believers is people are not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy, okay? He says, we don't fight against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers like the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece and authorities of an unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, because of that, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil, which is the day in which we live, okay? Then after the battle, you will, be, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth the body armor of God's righteousness or the breastplate of righteousness for shoes put on, pe- on the peace that comes from the good news or the gospel so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet to guard and protect your brain, okay? Your mind. And take the sword of the spirit, which is the spoken word of God. That's literally what that means. It's not a physical sword. It's the spoken word of God, rhema, okay? That's the only offensive weapon you have is the word of God. That's all. That's all you get, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Why? Because the Lord's sending answers, but there's a battle that's happening. And it's about time we wake up. It's about time we wake up to the realization that there is a battle that's happening beyond what we can see. And so you better be praying for your brothers and sisters. Why? Because somebody's waiting for an answer today. And your prayers might be one of those things that helps get that answer there. I don't know. I can't say that dogmatically, but going through the book of Daniel... And seeing that there, a very personal story for Daniel, and then Paul, probably being reminded of that story, reminds the church of Ephesus, hey, there's a war that's going on. So we better be praying. We better be praying, and we better be dressed for battle every single day. Well, I don't see the enemy. Just because you don't see him doesn't mean he doesn't exist. The warfare is real. Get dressed for battle each and every day. And oh, while you're doing that, pray. Pray for your brothers and sisters everywhere. Because they're facing the same battle that you are. That's just how it is, guys. And we'll do that until the day he either calls us home, whether that's our, our last breath on this planet, or he raptures us out of here. That's your assignment from Jesus. Go make disciples. Oh, and by the way, be dressed for battle every single day and pray for your brothers and sisters. It's, it's war. It's war. And uh, you follow Jesus. You do not have to go looking for an enemy. He will come find you. He will come find you. Don't hide. Don't cower. Don't be like Gideon. Don't try to hide out. No, you know what you do? Put on your armor. You stand firm. You stand fast. 
you will still be standing in the last day. Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the book of Daniel. In it, you'll notice many interesting storylines through Daniel's life. He was exiled from his birthplace and was an alien in a foreign country for the rest of his life. What would it be like to live in a country that wasn't yours for all of your adult life? Would you wallow in self-pity because of your circumstances, or would you make the most of where God chose to use you? Daniel did the latter, making an impact in a wicked country that worshipped foreign gods. But God still used him in a mighty way. God can do the same with you today as you live your life in a country and world that you might not belong in. You may feel outnumbered and surrounded by idolatry of all sorts, but God can still use you greatly, even in this ministry. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston, and we'd be honored if you'd pray with us for all of those who are a part of our listening audience. Pray that God would open their hearts and minds to His truth. Would you also pray about partnering with us financially? All donations are appreciated no matter what the size is. You can give securely online at breadforthebroken.com. Thanks for coming alongside us in sharing the gospel message. There's much more to learn and glean from the Old Testament book of Daniel, including prophecy and faith. We hope you'll tune in again for another edition with Pastor James, as he has more to share about the life of Daniel here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you.